Welcome to Married by Design. You ever find yourself confused, discouraged, and your mind cluttered as you struggle with depression? How do you clarify those thoughts and straighten out your mind? That's what we're going to be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to this week's episode of Married by Design. We're in the midst of a series entitled Spiritual Depression. We're focusing on the passage in 1 Kings 19 about the prophet Elijah and his struggle with depression. We see the way that God helped him through that depression. God truly does have the answers for spiritual depression. If your depression is a result of something physiological, you need to seek help from a doctor. But when it comes to mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of depression... God has a lot to say. And we have looked at different aspects of depression, from the things that can bring on depression to some of the factors that can help you work through depression, including physical self-care, avoiding isolation, and seeking after God. These are all the things that we see in this passage in 1 Kings 19. We've been walking through that passage and learning a lot about depression and some of the suggestions that come out of the passage for how to deal with depression. We're going to be looking at this passage again. We encourage you to read through the passage and be familiar with it if you haven't read it already. This week in our podcast, we're going to be looking at our thinking. When we face difficulties and trials and discouragement, part of the problem that we have is that our thinking becomes all skewed and twisted. That can send us into depression and can cause the downward spiral to accelerate. Two weeks ago, we looked at how Elijah had to seek out the Lord on Mount Oreb. Last week, we looked at the ways that sin can complicate our life and lead us into depression. We talked about the way that God encourages us to seek His face. But it's also interesting that God attempts to clarify Elijah's thinking. Elijah, like any of us who are depressed, allowed his thinking to become twisted and God needed to straighten it out. Well, let's look at that verse. It says, The word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Going down to verse 13, And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. We need to draw out some principles from that. It's interesting, first of all, to note that the Lord asked Elijah a question. It's helpful to start with questions when we're trying to help somebody who's depressed. We may see that their thinking is off, and sometimes the best thing to do is to not lecture them, but to ask them questions, to draw out their thinking so that their thought processes become evident. Sometimes, even in answering questions, we can begin to clarify our own thinking. That's what the Lord does here. Questions are good because it can clarify what the person who is struggling is actually thinking. The second thing that's true is that what Elijah was thinking simply was not true. He indicated in verse 14 that the people of Israel 
had totally abandoned the Lord. Okay, the people of Israel certainly had problems, but at the time, it seemed that the Israelites were back on track. When you look back in verse 39 in chapter 18, it says, The people fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. It seems that Elijah's take on reality wasn't quite accurate. And that's often the case when somebody is depressed. If you struggle with depression, you need to step back and ask yourself some hard questions about whether you are thinking and believing things that are true or not true. That's where a good friend can come in to help. We can convince ourselves of so many things in our minds that just are not accurate. We need the perspective of someone else to help us to see that part of our downward spiral is believing things that simply aren't true. The fact is that Elijah was not alone. We'll look at this more later, but in verse 15, the Lord commands Elijah to take with him others that are of the same mind. And even in verse 18, the Lord says, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. That's right. It certainly was true that Elijah was not alone. He had those that were going to help him, as well as the 7,000 faithful to the Lord. There's been times in my life where I've struggled with discouragement or fear, and I needed Janet to come alongside me to correct my thinking. I couldn't even hardly see it, but my perceptions and my beliefs about reality were way off. And I needed her to come alongside me and point me back to what was real and the reality of the situation. This is where we have the importance of God's Word. If you forget the truth from His Word about His presence and His control over our lives, we can believe that we are all alone and no one will help us. We can believe lies about ourselves and our future And those lies can rear their ugly heads when we're depressed. That's why we need to go back to God's Word to make sure our thinking is clear. In the book that we suggested by Martin Lloyd-Jones called Spiritual Depression, there's a number of chapters in which he addresses errant thinking that causes depression. We wanted to briefly mention some of those ideas and encourage you again to get the book and read those chapters. In chapter 5, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones talks about that one sin. He refers to the passage in 1 Timothy 1.16. says, But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. Dr. Jones writes, the problem here is the case of those who are miserable Christians or who are suffering from spiritual depression because of their past, either because of some particular sin in their past or because of the particular form which sin happened to take in their case. He talks about the fact that a Christian can be in a place where they look in the past and they see something that they've done wrong, and they're constantly looking back to it, and they cannot let it be and leave it. He says they are always analyzing it and scrutinizing it and condemning themselves because of it. And the result is that they are unhappy. The verse that he uses seems very appropriate. It it is Paul writing to Timothy as he considers the mercy that he had received. The perfect patience and love of Christ has been put on display in Paul's life because of his terrible past and how God had freed him from it. Is there something in your past that is a burden to you? It's a mistake to allow the regret to captivate your heart and cause you to be depressed in the present. 
If that's the case, you need to confess that to the Lord if you have not already. If you have confessed it, God has cleansed you from it and is calling you to understand that you have been cleansed and freed from that because of the cross. Another idea of wrong thinking Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones writes about in chapter 7, which is entitled Fear of the Future. In that chapter, he looks at the concern that we have about the future and how it can send us into that downward spiral. He referenced 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. There's a real problem when we assume what will happen in the future. For those whose cup is half empty, they tend to believe that things are going to stay bad or get worse. How do you view the future? Do you view it through the eyes of faith and anticipation of what God's going to do? Or do you define it based on your past experience or the worst case scenario? If you anticipate a hard time ahead, it will lead you to despair. One last chapter that deals with the mind that Martin Lloyd-Jones talks about is chapter 12. It's entitled, The Spirit of Bondage. In that chapter, he suggests Christians can be under a bondage and depression because of the misunderstanding of God's truth. He writes, What is the essence of this problem? It is that there is a failure on their part to realize certain truth concerning the Christian life, a failure to realize what is possible for us as Christians. It is ultimately a failure to understand doctrine, or, if you prefer, it is ultimately another failure in the realm of faith. Like Elijah, we can find ourselves believing things that are just not true, especially from the Bible. That will lead to despair and confusion. We again need to correct all these errors in our thinking with the truth of God's Word. We need somebody to come alongside us like the Lord did for Elijah and correct our thinking. And certainly the source of that is God's Word. It is important to recognize when our thinking is off. That's hard to do right in the middle of the storm or loss. That's why, again, seeking wise counselors is important. When you're struggling, rather than isolating yourself, you need to seek out people that you can trust. With those people, you need to share your thoughts and ideas and also be open to their view of reality as well as their compassion. Going back to 1 Kings 19, there's one other application that is important. That is that Elijah found himself thinking the same wrong thought over and over. It's interesting, he says in verse 10 and verse 14, the exact same thing. This is an important application for overcoming the wrong thought patterns that lead to depression. We can begin to say the same things to ourselves over and over. We repeat the errors and the misconceptions in our minds so many times that we begin to believe them. The person who is discouraged or depressed is trapped in certain thoughts that keep them captive. Part of the way out is realizing those wrong thoughts, as well as changing those thoughts to what is true. Repetition is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing when it's something that's false. Repetition is good when it relates to something that is true, especially from God's Word. In Psalm 1, the writer talks about meditating on God's Word day and night. That's the positive aspect of repetition and thinking. When you correct the wrong thoughts that you're having and replace them with God's truth, you begin to think about those thoughts over and over and over. That can be a step toward lifting your spirits out of depression. 
That repetition will be able to cleanse your mind of those errors and will encourage you in your faith. Repeating or meditating on God's word will renew your mind and will help you to be encouraged and live a life of faith in reality. But if you just keep repeating the same false and discouraging thoughts, you will be held in the trap of depression. Well, now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to discuss as a couple the ways you tend to believe the lies and errors in your life. It would also be good to ask your spouse what lies and errors you believe. Once you recognize the lies, discuss the truth that you need to think on to replace those lies. If you're not married, we would suggest that you find a good and faithful friend to have that discussion with. Well, let me pray. Father, I thank you for the truth of your word and the value of wise counsel from others. Father, I pray for maybe those that are listening or struggling, and they're struggling because of their thoughts, what they believe that maybe isn't even true. And I pray that through your word and through the encouragement of others, the perspective, that they would have those things clarified and that they would believe the truth from your word. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this episode on spiritual depression. We encourage you to click on the link to the podcast and share it with somebody right now. You can also subscribe to this podcast. Is there somebody that you know that struggles with discouragement or depression that you could help by these concepts? We really are trying to get the word out there and encourage couples in their faith and their relationships. We'd ask you to be part of that by sharing the podcast. Next week on our podcast, we're going to be looking at the danger of self-focus. Well, that's what we'll be looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.